are listening to the official podcast of The Congregation, A Place of Discovery, with Pastor Tim Story. All right, let's say it together. Say, I believe God's Word is inspired and empowered to bring my life change as I am taught God's Word. Today, may it refresh, restore, and renew all areas of my life. Can someone say amen? amen? Give two people a high five. Tell them how great they look. You can be seated. You can get the lights down. What a privilege to be able to come and to teach this morning. And we welcome everyone again to the Congregation Church. Uh, so if you want to get your, your notepads out or your Bibles out or your iPhone or smartphones, I'd like to teach this morning about the Spirit of God. And it's very important for us to know. So I would challenge you this morning to wake up. Hit your neighbor and say, you got to be awake. Because I'm going to talk to you about spiritual things, spiritual principles. And uh, Pastor Tim is in Florida right now. He did a phenomenal job last week on faith. And our series right now is Greater Than. Someone say Greater Than. Give Pastor Tim a big, big shout out. He'll be listening to me today. So Greater Than, when you think of Greater Than, you think of, I think of it as God is greater than any situation in our life. He's greater than anything that we can experience. And we know that, and we can say it, it sounds great on paper, but in order for us to actually learn how to walk that out and experience, how many of you have been in a really tough place and God showed you that he was greater than? Amen? So what is God doing in the world today? God is redeeming the world in and through Christ Jesus. It is happening right now. So the question becomes, how can I participate? How do I participate in the renewing of what God is doing? So whether we like it or not, God is restoring right now. Whether we like it or not, God is healing right now. Somebody is being healed right now. Someone is being restored. Someone is being renewed. And even if we don't have faith for it, God is still on the move. Can someone say amen? amen? So the Spirit of God is moving the world into that future. So God's will is happening in the earth, and it is through the Spirit that that is going to happen. So that's why it's so important if you have a calling or you have destiny, if you have a promise that you feel that God has given you, you're going to need the move of the Spirit in your life in order to pull it off. Okay? And the Bible says in Zechariah 4, 6, God says, it is not by power and not by might, but it is by my Spirit, says the Lord. So if we think of the Godhead in this way, Stefan helped me last night. He said, I, I really, he gave me this illustration and I thought it was so great. I want to share it with you this morning. 
He goes, if you think of it about this, about the Godhead, the Father, we have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And as Christians, we uh, believe that Jesus is redeeming the world, and he's our Savior and Redeemer. If you think of the Father as our source, I'm going to say source, he's the origin. He was with us in the beginning, and he spoke to you to come to Jesus. He sent the Spirit of God to apprehend us in order for us to know him. So the Father's the source. Jesus is present. Someone say present. He's our Lord. He's with us like a brother. He said, I will never leave you or forsake you. So if you're in the trial, Jesus is with you. If you're in the crisis, Jesus is with you. If you're in the suffering, Jesus is with you. Can someone say amen? Yeah, Jesus is with you. He's like a brother. He sticks closer to you than anyone else. The Spirit is guiding you into your future. Let me say that again. The Spirit of God is the one who guides you into your future. The Spirit is the one who's raising you up when you fall. He's the one that comforts you. He's the one that restores you. He's the one that reveals God to you. The Spirit is upon you. The Spirit is within you. And as Joseph Chestnut said, that we're going to stand and welcome the Spirit of God in the congregation. So we practice. This is a Spirit-filled congregation. And the thing is, I love what when Pastor uh, Tim told me that he wanted to start this church, and he shared the vision with Stefan and I, and he said, this is going to be a spirit-filled church. He said, but we need to use biblical wisdom. Someone say biblical wisdom. He said, we need to be careful because there's going to be a lot of people coming from so many different denominations, so many different places in their life. He said, we can't scare folks when we have the dynamics of the spirit. So what he did for the first two years, he began to say, we're going to teach the word. We're going to, uh, you know, we're going to uh, amplify God's word. We're going to build the church. We're going to build the foundations. We're going to build leadership. We're going to build the foundation of all of the people that are serving in the church. And he said, we're going to gain relationships. And then he said, little by little, as he, you know, he's the senior pastor. And he says, little by little, as I feel that I'm going to start to release the things of the spirit. Now, it doesn't mean that the spirit wasn't with us or haven't started with us, but there is a release that, that I can operate under, that you can operate under by will. But you need to learn how to tap in. Someone say, you got to tap in. So the Spirit of God, when you look at, uh, just I'll give you a little backdrop of that. When you look at Genesis 1 and 2, Genesis 2 and 7, and Psalms 104, that's when the Spirit of God came on the scene. So the Spirit of God is a creative power. Someone say creative power. He's a creative power, and he's the giver of life. So when the Spirit is on the scene, He's a creative power, and he's a giver of life. The Bible says wherever he goes, he renews 
what he touches. So when the Holy Spirit touches you, you will be renewed. Your spirit, your eyes will open, your ears will pop. You will see what God is doing in your life. Come on, give the Lord a big, big shout. This is good news. The Spirit is more than just one of God's gifts amongst us. The Spirit is the unrestricted presence of God. The unrestricted presence of God. I remember one time I was up, they asked me to do a retreat, and I was uh, maybe four or five years in the ministry, and I mean, when Tim and I first started, we didn't hold back. We didn't care who was in the room. We didn't hold back. We used to just release, and we would just pray for people, and we would just, you know, see so many dynamic things. But there was sometimes people were leaving confused because they didn't know what was happening because they didn't have the teaching. So I'll never forget I was up in the mountains, and I was praying for people, and there was... Uh, a, a lady that was in the back and um, she wasn't used to the charismatic move or the move of the spirit. And I'll never forget that I began to call out for the spirit to come. And the, the spirit came like a wind in that room. And there was about 60 women in there. And uh, this woman freaked out and literally ran out of the room. And uh, I, went, I went to find her uh, in the trees and I started to talk to her. <laughs> and say, what happened? And she was literally leaning against the tree, smoking a cigarette like this. She goes, what the age was that? There was a tangible presence of something. It freaked her out. I remember one time I was praying for people in Sweden and I prayed for someone, and he fell out, fell on the floor. The power of God hit him so heavy that he, he fell out. And he crashed on all these chairs, and all these chairs made all these noise. And then I said, does anyone else want to be prayed for? And the congregation said, no. <laughs> we don't want that. We're afraid of the power of God. But see, the power of God needs to be executed in wisdom. Because when the power of God is not executed in wisdom, there's foolishness. And people get injured. And people go, I don't want that. I don't want to be jumping through hoops. I don't want to be you know, just falling all over the floor and doing all these things. And those things that can be real. John Wimber taught me this. He said, you know, you never know where people have walked before. You never know the pain and the suffering, where have they come. And when the Spirit of God comes upon them and begins to renew them, sometimes it's messy. Sometimes the emotions will just go. And it's okay. We have to give people grace. Someone say, that's okay. So is he, he is the unrestricted presence of God. So it was the Spirit, when you look at the Old Testament, it was the Spirit that was given to Noah to cleanse the earth. It was the Spirit to give to Abraham to establish the promises. It was the Spirit that was upon Moses to bring deliverance to the children of Israel. It was the Spirit who came upon David, King David. All these characters of the Bible couldn't do 
anything, could not pull off anything that God wanted until the Spirit came. In the New Testament, the Spirit of God came upon John the Baptist. He prepared a way for Jesus. The Spirit of God had to come upon Jesus Christ, led him into the desert to be tempted, came out of the desert. The Spirit of God led him in, brought him out, and then renewed his ministry. It was the Spirit of God. Someone say the Spirit of God. There is power in the Spirit of God. And the Bible says this, the Spirit has been poured out upon the earth right now. It has been flowing like a river. And what is it doing? It is drawing you into God's purpose. The Spirit of God is drawing you into God's provision. The Spirit of God is drawing you into healing and restoration. And sometimes we fight the Spirit of God. Because sometimes people say, I don't have time for that, or I don't understand that. But I'm here today to give you an understanding. That's why I say, wake up, church, because the Spirit of God is here. Amen. The Bible says we need to be awake. And if you're not awake, just ask the Spirit to quicken you, to open your eyes, open my ears, cry out to him and say, God, show me your ways by your spirit. It's not by might nor by power, but it's by my spirit. In 1 Corinthians 2.10, it says this, but God has revealed to us by the spirit. Someone say, by the spirit. He has revealed to us by the spirit. The spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. Yes, even the deep things of God. The Spirit of God knows the deep things of God's heart. The Spirit reveals things to us. He unveils things to us. We sometimes can't see what God is doing in our life. Sometimes we can't see it and we get discouraged. Sometimes there's so much distraction, we can't see it. So it is the Spirit. It doesn't mean it's not there. It doesn't mean that God's promises are not already operating. It doesn't mean that it isn't there already for you. Sometimes we get just kind of sidetracked or we can't see, but it is through the Spirit who uncovers, unveils what God has for you. See, things are hidden. It's like the Bible. If I, if I had a Bible right here, uh, the Bible is there, but sometimes we can't see it because it's hidden. The Word of God sometimes is hidden from you. You open the Word of God. You don't understand the Word of God. So you get discouraged and you back off. But see, it's hidden to you. But by the Spirit, He can uncover the Word of God. He can unveil. He can give you insight to His Word. So don't be discouraged to open and crack that Bible open and begin to walk according to the word of God. Because God has so many things for you. He's got blessings, and you have to be in a position to receive it. Someone say, I'm going to receive it. So think of the work of the Spirit. He, things are there, and you may not be able to see them, so you may get discouraged. And some of you are even still crying out to God, where is it, God? Where is it, God? And really, in, in, in the reality, it's right there. 
But what I would say, I would challenge you to pray, Spirit of God, open my eyes. Let me see. Cause me to see what God has for me. And now remember, Jesus is with you. He is the great intercessor. He stands with you. He goes through everything with you. He'll go through the divorce with you. He'll go through the cancer with you. He'll go through the addiction with you. He doesn't forsake you. But it's the spirit that unveils what you need. And once you see it, you got to see it. You got to have sight. You got to have sight. You got to see it. Because once you see it, what happens? It renews your faith and you begin to activate. You begin to activate towards what you see. But you got to see it. You got to see it. So the spirit will unveil. I'll never forget, well, what happened was Tim and I just a couple days ago, we went to see our pastor, Pastor Prinzing. He was our pastor probably about 12 years. And we went to him. They're in their 80s. We love them. And we went to their home. And we began to share old stories about what happened to us and how we came to the church. And my, my, you know, I came from a very dysfunctional family. And someone invited my parents to this church. And Pastor Prinzing was the senior pastor. And he said that what happened that he got a call from someone in his office. It was a domestic violence call that, that there was a, a husband that was, you know, possibly going to beat up his wife. And that was the story house. That was our house. And he got the call. He said, I, I'll never forget, I drove down to your home. And he said, little Timmy, when I walked into the door, he said, little Timmy was behind the wingback chair hiding from the situation because he was so scared because my parents were fighting and my dad was probably going to knock my mom out. And he said, so I looked at little Timmy and I saw him behind the chair and he asked him to come in, come on in. He says, I calmed down your dad. He said, I took him to the grinder to give him some coffee to calm him down. And he says, I was getting, as I was getting in the car driving your dad, to go get some coffee to sober him up, the Holy Spirit said to me, take care of this family. I want you to reveal. I want to reveal myself. I want you to teach them who I am. The Spirit of God already had our back when Timmy was seven years old. The Spirit of God spoke to that man. He received the mandate. That man did not give up on the Story family. You know how many times he had to go get my dad out of the rookie, you know, bar, drunk? How many times he had to come to the house? How late at night he was talking to my mom all hours of the night praying for the Story family? He did it for 12 years. He buried three of us. He married all of us. He buried us. And I remember the last funeral was from my brother Randy, and he said, this will be the last story that I will bury. And I said, you're absolutely right, Pastor Prinzine. This is the last one. 
And I said, it's interesting. I told him that day at my brother's funeral. I said, it's interesting, Pastor. I said, those that walk according, I said, to what you've taught us according to your, to your word. Not in, we are so imperf imperfect, not in perfection. But those of us that walked and fought and took courage in your word survived. But those of us that turned away and went our own way and struggled, they're no longer with us. See, in our family, it was a matter of life and death. I don't know about you, but that's where we came from. And so when the Spirit of God came into the Story family, it was serious business. It was serious business. And I'll never forget when Pastor Prinzing told us that in the house, Tim and I looked at each other, our eyes welled up with tears. He goes, are you thinking what I'm thinking? I go, yeah. He goes, my God, he goes, he had our back a long time ago, didn't he? But it took a man that never gave up. Never gave up. What has the Spirit asked you not to give up on your kids, not to give up on your family, not to give up on that friend, not to give up? And sometimes, you know, it's difficult. But listen to the Spirit of God. Don't release, don't leave, don't bail until God tells you to leave that situation. Come on, people. We're tough enough for that. You know, Pastor Tim challenged us last, and he said, you need to be conquerors of the kingdom of God, but you rely on the power of the Spirit. So I'm going to say power of the Spirit. So in verse uh, 9, it says, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, or no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. See, as we fell in love with God, as we just didn't give up, as we took on the fight to change, to be agents of change, the ministry started simply because we told our stories. That's all we did. We testified of what God did in our lives. That's all we did. We testified. Then later on, we went to school. But it started just through a testimony. All of you have a story, all of you have a testimony, and God can use that testimony to bring restoration to someone else. Because no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. He is with us to reveal the details and the direction of God's word. He will he will reveal those to you. When I started reading God's word, I would read it, and sometimes I would just cry and cry and cry. And, and I didn't know what I was reading, but I would just sit there and weep and cry and cry. People, that's not normal. But I would cry. What was happening to me? The Spirit of God, I was meeting him at that Bible and I was searching for God. I was trying to read Matthew, Mark, Luke. And I was trying to search for Jesus and search, having knowledge of who he is and what he has done. And the Spirit of God was with me and upon me. And I began to cry. What was happening? That is not a normal reaction just to cry when you're reading the Bible. 
But what was happening is the Spirit was taking all the junk out of my life. He was filtering. He was cleansing. He was shifting. Come on, give the Lord a big, big shout. He, he, was, he was moving, delivering my mind that I was enough in Christ, that I can do great things through Christ, that I don't have to live in a dysfunctional family, that I don't have to be a drunk, that I don't have to be in poverty. But I can walk with integrity and character because of the anointing of the Holy Spirit in my life. Someone say, I am, I am. anointed. By the, Spirit. by the Spirit. And you are. And when you're anointed by the Spirit, you have the character of Christ in you. You have holiness in you. You have favor in you. You have virtue in you. Because you have the anointing of the Holy Spirit. You release it. You learn to release it. How do you release it, Paige? You release it when you see that somebody needs God. When someone needs something, when someone needs power, when someone needs love, when someone needs mercy, when someone needs grace, then that's when you release the attributes of Jesus Christ. Amen. He is not an it. We don't refer the Holy Spirit as an it. He is a person. Someone say person. See, that's the closest word that we can even find in the English language to describe him. Why? Because he has feelings. You can grieve the Holy Spirit. I remember, I'll never forget Tim and I coming up in the ministry. When the Spirit of God, we would speak in different churches all over the world. And when the Spirit of God decided to show up on a corporate level, we learned to go with it. Because a couple of times we didn't. Oh, we had our agenda. The pastor had his agenda. The announcement had to go here and the worship had to go there. And, you know, Sister Sonzo had to you know, talk about the cake sale. And so, you know, I mean, it just had went on and on. But when the Spirit wanted to come in and bring an outpouring of his God's presence, sometimes we would back up and go into our agenda. And then when we wanted it to happen, it didn't happen. Where is it? What's happening? I mean, let's walk by faith. And Tim's up here. Oh, I feel dry up here. It's dry up here, Paige. It's really dry up here. I go, yeah, because the Spirit wanted to move 15 minutes ago, and we grieved it, him. But we learned this church will not grieve the Spirit of God. Now, you may not understand it all. You may not understand it. And we are, we are doing our best as teachers to teach people, to, to, to help them to feel that he is your comforter, he is your guide, that you're not afraid of the power of God. We are not afraid of the power of God. But the congregation church 
We must have the Spirit of God in this church. We must have the presence, the manifestation of God's presence of Jesus in this church. We need to be able to see him. We need to be able to feel it. We need to be able to touch it. We, may need, we need to be able to heal, feel the manifestation of our Savior. It's very important. So when the Spirit of God moves, we move. I'll close with a story. Isaiah 61 says, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me. Isaiah 61, the spirit of the sovereign Lord. What does that mean, sovereign Lord? The sovereign Lord, he is, he is the supreme being. The spirit of the supreme being of all heaven and earth in all the universe is upon me. Whew. That's what Isaiah 61 says. So see, I've seen the Spirit of God in my lifetime. I, I saw my father who was insecure, who was coming from a brokenness, who was discarded as a drunk, who was filled with anger. I saw the anger in his eyes. I've watched the domestic violence. But then through a man, through Pastor Prinzing, teaching the Story family what God, who God was and what he was able to do, I saw my father at an altar in my church with tears streaming down his, his face and his arms lifted up and he was in God's presence and he was crying out to God. And I saw my father in a whole different dimension. I got to see it firsthand. But I just didn't see it at the altar, but I watched him at home. He started praying for us. He stopped drinking. He stopped hitting my mom. He started reading the Bible. He started, it was, he was different. The Spirit of God transformed his life. My brother Randy was at Hogue Hospital. Chestnut, you want to come up here? My brother Randy was at Hogue Hospital. He was going through an alcoholic seizure. The Bible says that the Spirit searches our hearts. So here's my brother. I wasn't there. Nobody was there. He's by himself. And we were going to be there the next morning. So this is the middle of the night. He goes into an alcoholic seizure. And my brother, as they say, was backslidden, okay? That's the terminology they put over them. But see, to God, Jesus never left him. I don't know where that teaching came from, but Jesus never left him in that hospital bed. And he was going through that seizure, and in the middle of that seizure, he was going into convulsions, and he, and he lost his mind. He lost control over his body. But his spirit man, remember I taught you about the spirit man? That's where God is. That's where your promises are. That's where... Your destiny is. And, but in Randy's spirit, the Bible says that the spirit searches the heart of every man. And in my brother's heart, he cried out, God, don't let me die like this. 
His body is completely out of control. He's dying. His liver is literally coming out of his body. And the spirit heard that cry and touched my brother and restored his liver. And he lived five more years. Nobody had to lay hands on him. The Spirit of God was there. Jesus was there. I came the next morning, 6 in the morning. And I walked in, and they said, you don't want to go in there just now. Are you, are you related to Randy's story? I said, yes, I am. I'm here. Yeah, I come every morning. He goes, well, the doctor wants to speak with you. I said, okay. So really nice doctor, specialist. He says, wow. He says, we had an episode last night. He says, I'm Hindu. He said, but I just want to tell you, somebody up there likes you. I said, what happened? He said, when you walk in, your brother's not going to look the same. We have him in a straitjacket. He said, but his, he went into a seizure last night, and his liver was literally just disintegrating, and it was coming out of his stools. He said... And we were doing everything we could. He said, and all of a sudden, it stopped. And this morning, we've taken several tests, and his liver is completely restored. I said, yeah, I can believe that. I said, let me see him. I walked in that hospital room. And he was in a straitjacket. He was strapped to the bed. He didn't look recognizable. His body had gone through so much stress that night. And I remember I laid my head on his chest, full of the spirit. And I said, Randy, I'm here. I said, don't be afraid. I said, I'm here. And I said, Randy, I'm going to quote you Psalms 91. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High God will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, he is my refuge. He is my strength. My God, in whom I can trust. And I laid my hand and I quoted Psalms 91 over him. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon my brother. And I began to see the peace and the rest come over his countenance. And his, his face, he wasn't white anymore, just the color of his, the color started coming back in his eyes. I watched it, right? I just watched it. I watched the Spirit of God just flow and brought healing to my little brother. The Spirit of God is in you, and it can be upon you. And this morning, I want, to, I want you to ask God to fill you. You have, you have an awesome year. Can I have the entire worship team up here? You're, you have an awesome, you're going into an awesome year. And I believe the Spirit of God can help you and reveal to you 
I'm done speaking. Someone give the Lord a big clap. Thanks for listening to the Congregation Podcast. For more information about the Congregation, including gathering times, locations, and how you can give and support the community, check us out online at www.congregationchurch.com.